Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Retirement Solutions Radio. This Saturday at 10 and 1 on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, I've got to start chanting today. We're number six. We're number six. We're number six. Kind of sounds odd, doesn't it? But apparently Utah has the only the sixth worst drivers in the country. What Weren't we at one time rated number one to having the worst drivers in any state in the union? Well, apparently we now have the sixth worst drivers in the country out of the uh, 50. That's according to a new survey. The survey, by the way, was done by, quote, Wizard. It analyzed over 2 million insurance quotes to find out which states have the worst drivers in America, which have the best. Drivers were evaluated on four, evaluated, I should say, on four factors, citations, DUI, speeding tickets, accidents, and states that are considered the worst had the highest number of driving incidents, while states with the fewest are considered the best. Iowa, North Dakota, Virginia, California, and Alaska came in the top five places. On the other hand, the states with the best drivers were New Hampshire, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Illinois, and Delaware. We're number six. We're number six. Hey, how are you, everybody? Welcome to the Rod Arcancio on this Friday. It is Thank Rod, it's Friday on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, great to be with you this afternoon. We've got a lot to get to today. want to thank... Um, uh, Jason Perry and Natalie Tippett for inviting me to be part of the uh, Hinkley Report that will be on PBS Utah tonight. I was on the panel with Amy Donaldson from the Deseret News and Robert Gerke from the uh, Salt Lake Tribune and, of course, Jason Perry hosting it. And we had a discussion today about Bears Ears and about the Silicon Slopes and, and about Facebook and uh, high tech. So it's on tonight. I think it's 7.30 tonight, maybe 7 o'clock. But if you want to check it out, appreciate them inviting me to be a part of that. It's always fun to uh, do. Now, we've got a lot to do today. I, we're going to be talking with someone. I have not read this book as of yet. It's on my long, long list of things to read. But we're going to talk about to uh, John Daniel Davidson. John is a senior correspondent with The Federalist, and he's taking a look at Molly Hemingway's new book on the 2020 election. And as Molly says, it should it, don't say it's stolen. It was vandalized. And uh, John has read over the book. He'll share some of his thoughts with you on that. A little bit later on, there's a, a big conference coming up next week. It's called We Can Act. It's a conference in Salt Lake City. A lot of very top-notch conservative speakers will be coming here. We'll talk about that. And, of course, we've got Thank Rod. It's Friday coming your way in the 5 o'clock hour. So a, uh, a lot to get to today. And, as always, we just love you being a part of the show. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. All right. Uh, let's tell you what's happening today. I've got a bunch of little stories I want to share with you today. Um, the, you know, the story that's going on in Loudoun County, Virginia. Well, there's no information tonight 
that the skirt-wearing male student who's at the center of this um, sexual assault that recently took place in a vacant school classroom was previously placed under electronic surveillance for another sexual assault. That's according to a number of reports coming out today. Loudoun County Commonwealth Attorney, uh, his name is Buddha Bajeri, announced that the same 15-year-old has been charged in both, both crimes. Now, according to a Wednesday report from Newsweek, the male Loudoun County, Virginia high school student accused of assaulting a female student in a school classroom was reportedly under court-ordered electronic surveillance for a previous sexual assault when the assault incident took place. This is the kid in which the father got very upset in front of the Loudoun County School Board, and, you know, this is where, you know, the police had to wrestle him to the ground. He He was upset that his daughter was sexually assaulted in a school this past spring, and he felt that the school district there in Loudoun County was doing nothing about it. So it wasn't over mask in school. It wasn't over critical race theory. It was over his daughter being sexually assaulted. She's in ninth grade. And he wanted to find out from the school district what they know about it and what they're doing about it. And that's when things, he was confronted by a woman who supports allowing trans women or trans men into a girl or boy's bathroom. And they had a confrontation. It got a little out of hand, and that's when police stepped in. And he is the poster child for Merrick Garland to say, See, see, you domestic terrorist parents, we're coming after you if you do things like this. But now we understand that the male student accused in the, bru- uh, in the bathroom sexual assault has also been under previous electronic surveillance. By the way, you know, one of the, one of the biggest snafus that I think I've heard in a long, long time on the political campaign came from the Democratic candidate for governor there in Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, when he said parents have no right to uh, tell educators what to teach their children. <laughs> I mean, something along those lines, right? Well, apparently the Loudoun County parents are speaking out. A new Fox poll tonight shows um, uh, before the election that the majority of Virginia parents want a say, and they should, in their children's education. When asked by pollsters for Fox News, here was a question. Do you believe parents should or should not be telling schools what to teach? 57% of Virginia parents and 50% of likely voters told Fox News the parents should tell schools what to teach. Only 34% of parents and 40% of likely voters said parents should not tell schools what to teach. I can't believe there are parents out there who don't think they have a right to tell educators what to teach their children in school. 40% there in Virginia feel, yep, we aren't going to tell educators how to teach our children or what to teach them. We will leave that up to them. I just just can't believe that. All right, uh, a couple of notes on Joe Biden today. Joe Biden out on the campaign trail again today. He was out, you know, gripping and grinning, as they say. Uh, Again, he... Uh, made a statement. He was talking about the uh, the $3.5 million tax. He got creepy again. I wish someone would tell him not to do this. But he was talking about taxing the rich. And here he goes. He, going to, he says, all I want is for them to pay their fair share. That I Is it getting creepy to you? It, it, it's just creepy. When Joe Biden goes, I want them to pay their 
fair share. <laughs> he did it again today. You would think you would, maybe maybe he can't help himself. I don't know, but you would think somebody in his office, somebody in the administration, maybe Barack Obama, would lean over to Joe someday and say, "Joe, don't do that because it's just kind of creepy." But he did it. <laughs> he did it yet again today. Now today there was one. One important step that came out today, he admitted, he finally admitted this, and I think most people already know it, that his $3.5 trillion social spending plan will not pass Congress as proposed. I think Joe has finally woken up. Uh, and one of the things that he, think is, that he thinks will probably get tossed out of this monstrosity of a tax increase is free community college. That's one of the proposals that may get cut from the budget. He said this today. He said, to be honest with you, we're probably not going to get, no, just kidding, $3.5 trillion. We're going to get something less than that, but I'm going to negotiate. I'm going to get it done. That's what Joe said today. He added, I don't know that I can get it done, but I also have proposed free community college like you've done here in the state of Connecticut, but it probably is not going to pass. So Joe Biden coming around today, now admitting and most likely, his big patches is not going to work. And there was a story out today. Um, this is on Trending Politics, where a journalist, uh, according to journalist, Joe Biden fell asleep <laughs> at his nephew's wedding with his chin to chest. After he was awakened, Biden then demanded a sandwich from Capriati's. I <laughs> think that's a great story. Uh, according to the uh, reporter, Biden fell completely asleep at his nephew's wedding on Monday. And when staff woke him up, he would only eat a sandwich from Capriotics, which is a restaurant there in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden just continues to have bad weeks, doesn't he? All right, we've got a lot to get to today. We'll uh, talk about Molly Hemingway's new book about the 2020 presidential election. Not stolen. She says vandalized. And we'll explain that coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show on this Thank Rod. It's Friday. Great to be with you this afternoon. And if you want to be a part of the program, of course, 888 888- Five seven zero eight zero one zero triple eight five seven zero eight. iHeartRadio. Discover music, radio, and podcasts you'll love, all free. iHeartRadio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The Rod Arquette Show on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listening, you know, boy, I tell you what, the Democrats are really concerned about that uh, governor's race in Virginia. Of course, the vote is a couple of weeks away. 
uh, reporting today, the Washington Examiner reporting today that First Lady Jill Biden will lead a group of top Democrats to Virginia to campaign for the former Democratic governor, Terry McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe, in what could, you know, people are saying could foreshadow what's going to happen in 2020. The Examiner also reporting that Biden is going to a county in Virginia leading off visits around the Richmond area. That's a strong point for McAuliffe, the Richmond area. By the way, in a recent Trafalgar Group poll, the Republican, Glenn Youngkin, leads McAuliffe by around one point. I mean, this is going to be a very, very tight race. 48.4% to 47.5% with 3.5% saying they will vote for a third-party candidate. Very close rates. A lot of eyes on that election, and we'll be talking about it more in the coming weeks. And speaking of the election, guess who is the uh, new betting favorite to win the 2024 election? Anyone got an idea? Donald Trump. USBookies.com, a political betting aggregator, it's a website, has Trump in the lead for the first time since Joe Biden became president in January. Now, according to the website, uh, let's see, uh, uh, let's see. I think uh, the president has a 72 advantage now and is the sole favorite to win the election in 2024. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the show, so I invite you to stay tuned. The president, of course, this week was out, the former president out, claiming the election was stolen. Uh, debate uh, and concern from some people of Trump telling his supporters and Republicans do not vote in the 2022 or 2024 elections until the election issue and the process is resolved and it's not rigged. The president has always claimed that the election was stolen. There is a new book out, fascinating new book, written by Molly Hemingway, who you see on Fox News quite a bit, called Rigged. And what this book does is take a look at what happened during the election. And joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk more about it is John Daniel Davidson. John is a senior correspondent at The Federalist. John, thanks for joining us tonight. John, there are a lot of books out there about the election and what happened in the election, about, you know, election fraud, the election being stolen. What makes this book, this new book written by Molly Hemingway, different from the other books? One of the things this book does is it cuts through this um easily kind of dismissed idea that the mainstream media often and and dismisses that the election was you know stolen or it was unfair and what uh Molly Hemingway does in this book is brings together a whole bunch of different reporting um that shows that it wasn't any one thing uh that compromised the election it was a series of of uh, interlocking and coordinated things that reach across many different institutions of American life that contributed to essentially undermining the election uh, and maybe not stealing it, but uh, vandalizing it and tipping the scales uh, in favor of Biden heavily. John, what are some of the things that she points out that people are going to go, wow, or really? Is that what happened? I mean, what are some of the key elements of what she, of the story she is trying to tell? I think one of the big shocking things that has not been well reported in the corporate press at all is uh, the nearly half a billion dollars that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg uh, invested in these ostensibly nonprofit sort of get-out-the-vote organizations that were targeted to Democratic cities, overwhelmingly targeted to Democratic uh, democratic cities. And what these nonprofits did sort of in the offer of a grant of money to local election offices with uh, strings attached and these were things uh, that included paying for ballot harvesters, paying for absentee ballot drop boxes, paying for voter registration and get out the vote areas in heavily Democratic districts. 
and essentially these local election offices accepted uh, this money and the strings that came with it. Uh, and it had, uh, you know, some studies that have been done very recently, even just in Texas, showed that th- these monies had an effect of uh, bringing in hundreds of thousands of more votes for Biden. And this was not campaign contributions. These were This was uh, Facebook money, Zuckerberg money, actually going into the mechanism of the election offices at the local level. John, did anyone know that was going on? I think it was spottily reported at the time, but I don't think anyone understood what it actually meant and what impact it was having, partly because nothing like this had ever been done before. Uh, You know, the idea that uh, private dollars in the form of of grants uh, from 501c3 nonprofits, which are supposed to be nonpartisan, would go in these amounts. We're talking, you know, millions and millions of dollars Sometimes some of these single grants were for tens of millions of dollars to these local election offices. That had never been done before. And so I think a lot of people didn't know what to think of it. But I think in, in retrospect, we see and, and, and we are able to measure the kind of effect that it had on, on the vote. Was Zuckerberg um, allowed or was he able to get away with this because the contributions he made, I understand, were to organizations which I guess describe themselves as charitable or civic organizations? Is that what happened, John? Yeah, under the guise of uh, get-out-the-vote effort, ah, right? Mm-hmm. But essentially what it did was pay to have left-wing activists embedded in local election offices in areas where uh, get-out-the-vote efforts were almost certainly going to increase the number of Democrats voting. Uh, and they did this in a very targeted way. They knew exactly where to put the money and the people. Uh, and, you know, this was a loophole. It was a loophole that had never been exploited before at this uh, on this scale. And I think it's something that we now have to look at and say, well, this is a this is a problem in our in our election system. And this is something we need to address before the 2024 election. Is this why Molly calls it one of the weirdest elections we've ever had in this country, John? That was really unique it's- and different. Exactly. And it's not just this. It's also a raft of lawsuits brought by Democratic operatives against uh, state legislatures all across the country in the months leading up to the election, essentially to change state election laws by judicial fiat um, as the settlements of these lawsuits, saying that because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we have to throw out all of these rules around absentee and voter ballot, you know, uh, vote by mail mm-hmm, rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that had never happened before either. So you have states sending out absentee ballots to every single person on the voting rolls, which is a crazy thing to do. Uh, but it was justified because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then we have the uh, Four People's Act that the Democrats are trying to push, and it expands mail-in voting. That, that That's a bit scary, isn't it, John? That, yeah, the whole point behind that is to institutionalize and uh, placed into federal statute these really crazy rules that were adopted at the last minute and in a kind of ad hoc way by a lot of judges uh, leading up to the 2020 election. They would like all our elections to feature uncontrolled mail-in balloting, ballot harvesting, uh, drive-through voting, really loose rules for who can do absentee voting, you know, getting rid of all the rules about identification, verification, all of that stuff. They would like that to become permanent. Should Donald Trump change the verbiage now and say the election wasn't stolen, but the election was vandalized, John? 
Maybe, but I, I think that maybe some people on the right won't be very happy about that. They like they like the word stolen, but I think it's more accurate to say that it was vandalized, that this was a concerted effort by a whole bunch of institutions to uh, tip the scales in favor of Joe Biden. Final question for you. Um, it, it, from what I've heard people say about this book, you know, the conversation that we're having, uh, as pointed out, I mean, there's good reason for a lot of people out there not to trust the outcome of either the 2020 election or maybe even future elections if things don't change. Is that fair to say? I think it's fair to say, especially if we don't address the problems that have been identified now. You know, and to a lot of um, state legislatures' credits, they have attempted to pass laws to secure uh, their election systems at, uh, at the state and local level to address some of these problems that have been identified. But look, this is a conversation that we're going to have to have as a country, and uh, we're going to have to face uh, reality, and, and we're going to have to uh, say some hard things, uh, and we're going to have to um, grapple with this and, and you know, come to the realization that we cannot have elections uh, like we had in 2020. That's that, that we cannot let that happen again. Amen to that, John. Thank you, John Daniel Davidson. Uh, he is a, a senior correspondent of The Federalist, kind of giving us a little review of Molly Hemingway's brand new book out, fascinating new book on the 2020 election. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show on this Thank Rod It's Friday in Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen in, you'll know. Now this word from the Utah COVID-19 Task Force. You know, they take a lot of questions, but one of the most frequently asked questions that come to the task force is what to do if you lose your vaccination card. There are many places now here in the state or really around the country that ask you to show your vaccination card to uh, show that you've been vaccinated. Well, here's what they suggest. If you've lost it, try contacting the place where you were vaccinated. In some cases, they can provide you with a replacement. Some won't have the cards available, but can provide you with proof of your vaccination status, which is just as good. Now, if they can't help, you're invited to contact your local health department in the area. They may be able to provide you with a new card. Your local health department can also provide a copy of your immunization records. If you'd like more information on Inspired Life, listen to the Good Risings podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Give me back my freedom. Give me back my land. Give me back. The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Just a reminder, starting on Monday, how would you like another $1,000 in cash? Just in time for the holiday season, it is the holiday $1,000 cash giveaway. It all starts Monday. Right here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Now, throughout the day, at five minutes past each hour, throughout the day, Monday through Friday, we'll be uh, sharing with you the winning keyword. And what you want to do with that keyword is then text it to 200-200. That's 200-200, and you could win $1,000 cash as part of our nationwide contest. So check it out. Starting Monday at 5 past the hour throughout the day, Right here on Talk Radio 105.9, KNRS, listen, and you'll know. All right, a, a big, big conference coming up next weekend here in Salt Lake City. It's called We Can Act Conference. 
It's an effort on the part of some leading conservatives from here in Utah and really around the country to bring people together and talk about this fight for our freedom and our liberties that we enjoy but are slowly being taken away. Now, one of the groups, the founder of one of the groups that's going to be speaking, is uh, her name is Carmen Newberry. She is the founder of a group called Lyme Justice, talking about Lyme disease and the impact it has on people. And you're saying, well, what's the connection to, between that and this convention? Well, let's find out. Karma is joining us on our Newsmaker line right now. Karma, how are you? And welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. I'm good, Rod. Thanks for inviting me. You are welcome. Tell us first about what Lyme Justice is all about, Karma. Well, I actually started Lyme Justice after I had found, you know, my own self-suffering, you know, and, and finding out after years and years that I had, uh, you know, been suffering from Lyme disease. And most Lyme patients don't realize that um, they, they usually go to 10 to 15 doctors before they get the true diagnosis. And so when I figured out and I uncovered all of this stuff that we're going to be talking about at the Weekend Act conference, uh, I decided that I would start this company, Lyme Justice, to to go out there and fight against this, what I believe to be uh, biological weapons um, poisoning that they have perpetrated on the people of the United States uh, with these uh, tick-borne diseases. Well, let me ask you, why is it so difficult to diagnose karma? Like, you went through several doctors to find out what was really going on. Why is it so difficult to diagnose? Well, you know, I didn't know much about it, right? When I when I ended up going to all these doctors, I ended up at an integrated doctor in Provo that, you know, pretty much kind of pilled me like an onion, and I'd already been sick for years and years and mm-hmm, years. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that they were denying this disease all over the country. I didn't know that insurance companies were denying it. I didn't know that all these patients were suffering. I lived, like, I got thrown into the middle of it, and I remember after I got the diagnosis, he said, whatever you do, don't leave here and go Google it, because you're like, okay, what is this, right? And what did I do? I left and started Googling it, right? And so it, it literally took me down this journey, and now years later, we have actual documents, we have proof, we have, uh, I've given these documents to Mike Lee over a year ago, Senator Mike Lee. And they've done nothing about it. And so I was determined that I wanted to be a part of getting this uh, um, information out to the American people and getting these patriots across the country to stand up and demand that we find out about this and learn the truth. Carmel, why do you think they ignore it? Uh, do they think, you know, people like yourself and other who are others who are part of this organization are just a bunch of whack jobs? I mean, why don't they take a look at this seriously, in your opinion? Because they're hiding it in these weapons, and it was all part of a classified program for biological and chemical weapons testing on uh, people. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they have used us as guinea pigs to do their research, um, and and I believe it's it's part of the bigger agenda, which we've all been learning about with the deep state, and that after this, and I believe it's all tied back to this 1968 Dugway sheep kill, based off all of our research and testing of families. And I believe it's directly tied to it. And I believe it went a lot further than Utah. And we we have the proof of it and we want to share it. And we want people to to come to the event and learn what we have to say and and also to come and find out how they can get a free te- get tested uh, for free. Uh, for these mm-hmm. tick-borne diseases. You grew up in the in, in the town of Grantsville, uh, out there near Dugway. 
Have other people around that area been impacted by Lyme disease? And is that the connection you see? Yeah, so after I learned about it and I, uh, I was part of the board of directors for Global Lyme Alliance out of Connecticut, you know, during my journey of trying to figure out what was wrong with me and trying to find specialists and all that. And that's when I stumbled across this book called Bitten that was written uh, back in, uh, I don't know, what it came out in 2019. And the board of directors for Global Lyme Alliance asked us to read this book. And so I'm down, you know, fighting for my life and treatment in Scottsdale, Arizona, at a place called Invita, which are naturopathic and mm-hmm. uh, integrated doctors, cancer doctors, anyway. Um, and and so I believe um, after I read that book, after it mentioned the Dugway Sheep Cow, after I went back and researched, started interviewing families, a lot of these families started getting sick right after that 1968 Sheep Cow. So to date right now, we've now tested over 150 people. When I first started out, the first, I think, 110 I ended up only trying to test the sickest person per family because the one thing that they definitely have come out now and finally agreed with after 50 years of denying it is that you don't pass it in pregnancy. They they put out a thing that said, oh, we now believe, however, very rare, it can pass to pass in pregnancy. But I'm telling you, I've now tested my siblings, my parents, mm-hmm. my uh, all of them, right? And And so we have right now... Uh, tested, I believe, at least over, uh, probably with all of them, maybe over 120 families, all over Tula County. And and let me just be um, straight up about this. I have now tested further than that. I've tested out of Tremont, Delta, um, Harriman, and these people are still coming up. And this is what's key. We are testing positive for rare organisms that are not found naturally in the United States. How is that possible? Hmm. Very good questions that you're asking, Karma. Karma, thank you for your time, and uh, good luck at the conference next weekend. Hey, thanks, Rob. All right, that's Karma Newberry. She is the uh, founder of Lyme Justice, uh, Justice for Patients with Lyme Disease, and she'll be one of the speakers at the Weekend Act conference coming up next week here in Salt Lake City. The Rod Arquette Show continues. 800-566-7906. Or take the free scan at reputationdefender.com. The Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, the uh, big Silicon Slopes conference, two-day conference, ended, what was it, yesterday here in Salt Lake City. It's a two-day event. Uh, a lot of big-name speakers, uh, Tim Cook, Steve Ballmer, Cook, of course, with Apple, Steve Ballmer, now owner of the uh, L.A. Clippers, the co-founder of Microsoft as well, along with Bill Gates. Uh, our own CEO and president, Bob Pittman, from iHeartMedia was there talking about uh, audio in the future and audio distribution. So there, there was a lot of discussion about how important the uh, high-tech industry is, and big tech, I guess, big tech, high-tech, doesn't matter, I guess, the industry is to Utah. But can Silicon Slopes coexist in Utah? We're, we're going to talk about that a little bit because there was a meeting between some of the leaders in the big tech industry and Utah lawmakers. They sat and listened to the concerns. And I think some of the issues that they brought up, I don't know how well that will settle. And then there was a meeting yesterday in which one of the leaders of the organization, this is the organization that represents the high-tech industry in this state, talked about that Silicon Slopes does not want to turn Utah into California. 
And we'll talk about that as well. So that's coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Christopher Rufo, and we've had Christopher on the show before, has done a lot of great work on critical race theory. And he's got a new story out today uh, in the City Journal. Now, this is about Walmart. Now, I've always thought of Walmart as a great American success story, a flag-waving, patriotic organization. Uh, and you see them all over the place. I mean, is there a town anymore without a Walmart in it? If there is, it's because the residents, the liberal residents in a certain community, don't want it there. But he's got this story about how Walmart is now introducing critical race theory to all its employees. It has launched this program, and the program denounces the United States as a white supremacy system. And what it is attempting to do, according to the story by Christopher today, is that it teaches white hourly wage employees, which are a lot of them, most of them, I imagine, in each store, that they are guilty of white supremacy thinking and internalized racial superiority. I mean, what on earth, on uh, on this green earth of ours, is going on at Walmart? Now, according now, I'm just reading from the story in the City Journal today, written by Christopher Rufo. According to a cache of internal documents that he's obtained from a whistleblower, Walmart apparently launched this program back in 2018. It was in partnership with the Racial Equity Institute. That's out of North Carolina. It's a consulting firm that has worked extensively with universities, government agencies, and private corporations. The program is based on the core principles of critical race theory, including intersectionality, I remember Rush Limbaugh years ago talking about this. Internalized racial oppression, internalized racial inferiority, and white anti-racist development. Now, according to the research that Christopher done since the program's launch, Walmart has trained more than 1,000 of its employees and made the program mandatory for executives and recommended for hourly wage workers in all Walmart stores. I wonder if there are any local Walmart employees here in Utah who have gone through this. I, I, I don't know of any. Maybe they are. Um, it, when reached for comment about this, this is critical race theory being taught to employees at a Walmart store. When reached for a comment, according to this Rufo story today, Walmart confirmed that the company has engaged in REI as Racial Equity Institute for a number of training sessions since 2018 and has found these sessions to be thought-provoking and constructive. Otherwise, brainwashing. The program begins with the claim that the United States is a white supremacy system. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, 
Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Designed by white Europeans for the purpose of, of assigning and maintaining white skin access to power and privilege. Goes on to say that American history is presented in a long sequence of oppressions from the construction of a white race by colonists in 1680 to Barack Obama's stimulus package in 2009. This is going on at Walmart. So we have it in our schools. I wonder if any of your companies that you work for have asked you to take one of these courses. And at Walmart, pretty amazing. All right, when we come back, the relationship between Utah and Silicon Slopes. Salt Lake and Utah County area's famous discount appliance store for 40 to 70% off. Thriveappliance.com. We are live, we are local, and we are everywhere. And I think all of you know, you regular listeners to the show, you know what this hour is. We call it Thank Rod. It's Friday. That's right. We give you a chance to kind of get things off your chest. Let us know what you're thinking, (laughs) what's on your mind, maybe a comment or two about some of the stories that we discussed this week. You know, we talked about John Gruden being fired. We talked about, you know, this, this was fun. I think we did this on Wednesday. You know, finding one good virtue or attribute of Joe Biden since he took office 10 months ago. And, uh, you know, there were some, <laughs> I, let me say, there were some good ideas, but I don't think they were very complimentary of Joe Biden, <laughs> to be real honest. We can talk about that. We can talk about, you know, yesterday we talked about, you know, what's going on in uh, in America and what's taking place in this country today. We spoke about that. We, talk, we, we, we talked yesterday about um, if, in fact, a vaccine is developed for children under the age of 12, and if your local school requires your student, your child, to get a vaccination before they go to school, would you send them to school? Would you do what they are required to do? And I know people compare this to polio. There is a difference between the two, by the way, over how this is going, because polio was, you know, there was a a, a huge acceptance of the uh, polio vaccine when it came out. Uh, and the country was very worried about this. It had been attacking mostly children, and a lot of people were very concerned about it. And growing up, we all got our polio shots. I remember getting them as well. But I think there's a difference between that and about what's going on right now with COVID-19. We talked about that. Now, the other big event that uh, happened this week here in, uh, in Utah was the annual Silicon Slope Summit. And it happened, what, Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, maybe even Wednesday and Thursday, you know, whatever. It was a big event. Tim Cook uh, from Apple was here. He spoke. Mike Lee interviewed him during the uh, summit. Uh, there were others who were interviewed. I think Steve Ballmer, who is a co-founder of Microsoft with Bill Gates and now owner of the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, did an interview. Mitt Romney conducted that interview. There were other interviews throughout the week, people talking about, you know, where the uh, high-tech industry is going and what's going to happen. Uh, here in the state of Utah. There were a couple of things that caught my attention, and we can talk about that and other things with you tonight, because I think this was rather interesting. There was a story, uh, Ben Winslow over at uh, Fox 13 had a story this week, that uh, on Tuesday morning, for about an hour, uh, leaders of the uh, tech industry here, here in the state of Utah had a very light breakfast, that's what it was described as, 
with members of the Utah legislature. And they wanted to vent to the lawmakers about things like liquor laws, anti-transgender legislation, among other things. Uh, And here's some of the comments that were made. And then there was another meeting yesterday during the convention itself where the industry basically said that it does not want to turn Utah into a California. Now, let me share with you a couple of things the tech industry leaders told the lawmakers, and then maybe we'll get your reaction to it. The uh, Morgan Davis, he is apparently the CEO of Market Dial, uh, told the lawmakers, things like porn is a public health crisis. You laugh, but like, it's a joke. Well, pornography is a serious issue, not only in this state, but around the country. And lawmakers decided that to bring attention to it, that they're going to determine it is a public health crisis. It's not a laughing matter. But apparently, the CEO of Market Dial thinks it is and thinks it was stupid for the state of Utah to determine that pornography is a public health crisis. He also, this this, uh, Morgan Davis, also told the lawmakers, it looks really bad for us, and it makes my job really flippin' hard to do. When you do the transgender bill, makes my job really flipping hard to do. That's what he said. Okay, the transgender bill. Which, remember, State Representative was Akira Berglund, I think, tried to get it through last year. And uh, Ryan Smith, who is the new owner of the Utah Jazz, went up to lawmakers and said, you know, if you pass this thing, we may not get the NBA All-Star game, which apparently is slated to come here in a couple of years. So lawmakers didn't do anything with it even though we've had Kira on the show saying that she may try and do it again this year. This takes me back to when the Avatar Firm, and I'm almost sure it was Patagonia, who was, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and the Utah, or the Outdoor Retailers Association. I think it may have been both. may have been Patagonia and Petzl. Yeah, it may have been both. Thanks, E-Ray. Basically threatened the state of Utah, if you go forward in your opposition to Bears Ears and the designation, we're leaving. And it may have been Black Diamond or two. I know Patagonia and I think Black Diamond. I can't remember which one. But they they went to the state and said, you guys do this. We're heading out of town. And guess what? They left. They went to Denver. And But there has been talk they may come back here someday because this is such a great location for them. But now you've got high tech, I think, because they are very powerful. They are growing. They're important to this state's economy. The numbers are pretty staggering. Are now kind of telling Utah lawmakers, look, there are a few things here we don't like what you do. And we, it makes it hard for us to be able to expand and grow our businesses and attract people to the state when you have bad liquor laws you know, I think one of them said he was very upset that, you know, his wife was upset that she couldn't buy she couldn't buy wine, a bottle of wine online. You're not apparently aren't allowed I don't drink, so I don't know what the liquor laws are in this state, but apparently that you can't order a bottle of wine online. And that upset the CEO of Domo. And he said that's a common complaint that his wife says, Why can't I order a bottle of wine online here in the state of Utah? And and that's a frustration to him. Well, you know, they, they just got it off their chest. But Utah lawmakers, we'll see how they react. Now, on the liquor laws, I've said this before, I think the state should get out of it. My opinion, it should be a private industry. 
Pornography is a big challenge in this state, and they're trying to do something about it, like it is everywhere else. There's nothing wrong with that. The transgender bill. By the way, speaking of that, the uh, Texas House today passed a bill banning students from competing against opposite sexes in sports. The Texas House of Representatives passed the bill mandating that transgender athletes participate in school sports programs corresponding to the biological sex listed on their birth certificate. That's what they're trying to do here in the state of Utah. Didn't get very far last year. We'll see if it comes up this year. But here you have the Silicon Slopes people saying this hinders our ability to attract people to the state. And they're talking about the liquor laws, which, you know, just privatize it. That, that, that I've always said. But, you know, issues like the pornography stand, the social issues, the messaging bills, the industry thinks it hurts them, and therefore they wish Utah lawmakers would stop doing it. I don't think they're going to. And I hope they don't do it. I hope they continue to stand up for the values that many people believe in in this state. And that's why when they say, well, we don't want to turn, you know, Utah into California, they may like the business environment here. And it is a good business environment. The governor, I think, today, though, said all the incentives that that in the past we've offered to the high-tech industry are probably going away because you're successful now. You don't need our help. But it is a good business environment. But I want to get your take on businesses, large businesses, trying to dictate some of the social standards that we have in a state and in this state. Because, you know, you've got these CEOs saying pornography is a public health crisis. That's laughable. Ha, ha, ha. Other states are looking at it, by the way. Are you laughing at that one? Or the liquor laws? Uh, you know, how much of a role should an industry like big tech, which is getting bigger and bigger every day, how much influence should they have on what we do in this state? That's just one of the topics we can talk about today. 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, guess what? It's Thank Rod, it's Friday. Give us a call and talk about whatever on your mind. That's coming up right here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Let me take a minute right now and talk to you about Burt Brothers. You know, we had some snow this weekend or this past week. We've got cold temperatures. You know, um, right now, you should be thinking about winter tires if you want to make sure you get a great drive during this winter. And Burt Brothers, you know, winter tires are made, as they say, for Utah's cold, wet, and snowy weather. That winter weather is here. And Burt Brothers knows that all the winter tires make, they make a difference. They make all the difference on your vehicle. And now through the end of November, November 30th, and exclusively to Burt Brothers, you can get a grip on winter with a $70 back by mail on Bridgestone Visa prepaid card when you purchase four Bridgestone Blizzak tires. Now, you can increase that reward to $100 when you use your CFNA credit card. Visit BurtBrothers.com where you can shop online for tires. And if you want to save time, you can even schedule your next service online at Burt Brothers. All you do is have to visit their website, BurtBrothers.com, or any of their 14 locations, including their brand new one up in Davis County in Layton, just west of I-15 on Antelope Drive. Burt Brothers, complete auto care, done better. A message brought to you by iHeartRadio, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Thank Rod, it's Friday. It's 
All right, thank God it's Friday. We open up the phones to you and let you talk about whatever is on your mind tonight. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Hey, Rod, we do have some breaking news coming out of the nation's capital tonight. The most Biden said today, he admitted today that he probably is not going to get the entire $3.5 trillion uh, human infrastructure bill, social bill that he wants. He admitted today we probably aren't going to get there. Now this story out of the New York Times, late is it the time, New York Times tonight, that um, the most powerful part of the president's climate agenda, that is a program to rapidly replace the nation's coal and gas-fired power plants with wind, solar, and nuclear energy, will likely be dropped. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the massive budget bill pending in Congress, that's according to congressional staffers and some lobbyists, apparently Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat from coal-rich West Virginia, whose vote is crucial to the passage of the bill, according to this story, has told the White House he strongly opposes the clean energy and clean electricity program, according to three people, and he is demanding it be dropped. And apparently the president has agreed to do that. Interesting. All right, let's go to your phones. 888-575-8010. I should say your calls or on your cell phone, dial pound 250. Let's begin. Thank Rod. It's Friday by talking with Vicki in Layton tonight. Vicki, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hey, Rod, I just want to make a comment on what you were talking about, the CEOs down at Silicon uh, Slopes, et yeah, cetera. Yeah, um, I just, it kind of bothered me that they feel like they're saying, well, if you would change this and you would do this, it would make our lives easier and it would make more money for our companies. And, you know, the, the jazz owner, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to get this here. Well, I'm glad that you feel that way, but we have to live here. And mm-hmm. I'm tired of these people coming in with all of these grand ideas to change the dynamics of our state. We're doing pretty good. We don't, we don't need to be blackmailed. Yeah, I think we're doing very well, to be honest, Vicki. And you're right. I don't think we need to be back blackmailed or threatened or told, don't do stuff like that. Well, the people in Utah want some of that stuff. We want to protect our kids from pornography. We, right. You know, I'm not a big right. fan of the liquor laws right now. I, I, I prefer they're privatized. But if people want to protect right. themselves from liquor, shouldn't people in the state have a right to do that? We do. And, I, and it just bothers me that we're, we're constantly being pushed. And, well, if you would do this, I mean, here's the... His wife couldn't get that, or, yeah. it, you know, it would make it easier on us. And it's like, well, that's great for you, but what about the rest of us that, that have to live here day in and day out and reap what you bring in? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. All right, Vicki, thank you. Let's go to Christopher in Orem tonight here on Thank Rod, It's Friday. Hi, Christopher. How are you? Hey, Rod. I'm doing well. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you, too. Thank Rod, It's Friday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, I really like what Vicky said, but uh, I want to follow up. And you, you said it. You stole some of my thunder. You said blackmail. I, I just, my, my temper went up as soon as I heard you talking about this because this 
this is blackmail. And I, I grew up reading Agatha Christie mm-hmm. mystery novels, mm-hmm. and we all, we all know what happens when you give in to a blackmailer. They keep blackmailing. So I think that Utah is different for a reason. I moved out here two years ago. It's different for a reason. Do not, and if any legislators listening, do not give in. Stand for what your constituents and what Utah stands for. No, that's a great comment, Christopher. Thank you. I appreciate that. Stand up for what, you know, you represent the people of Utah. And yes, we love the jobs. We love the economy. What the Silicon Slopes companies bring to us, I'm not being critical of those companies, but if they're trying to impose some of their social issues that they have on the rest of the state, we can debate it. They have every right to say it. But, you know, I hope lawmakers say, I'm going to consider, first of all, what my voters want. I hope they think that way. Let's go to Brenton, who's in Alpine tonight. Brenton, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hey, Rod. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks, Brenton. How about you? I'm doing good. And I just want to make a quick comment before I go into my question. But I think you and I both agree that Jimmy Carter is thinking I'm more popular right now than <laughs> Joe Biden. So. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> Because this whole administration is basically Jimmy Carter 2.0, so it's much worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, basically I, I, what, to, I'm, what we're seeing. To be honest, Britain, I think it's Barack Obama 3.0, I think, is what's going on here. I think Joe Biden is doing but everything that, that Barack Obama is telling him to do. Right, right. But anyway, to my question, uh, Rod, is just that I'm, from what I'm seeing with the supply and demand situation throughout the whole country is that like I'm, I, I think I talked with you before that I was I was in fast food and whatnot, and that we are constantly losing supplies on things to keep our store up and running, and we have to either go either beg, borrow, or, or potentially steal from another store to to get our stuff uh, required for getting everything we need, and and every time I look at into this, the government handouts and all the things, the, the bureaucracy, it's getting in the way of of what we as fast food workers or even small businesses are needing to to get everything required so that we can get the stuff off. And, and yeah, just the, everything that's been going on with uh, low jobs and, and not being able to get any hirees is because of big government is getting in the way. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, this story, and I know Clay and Travis, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton talked about this a lot today. Pete Buttigieg who's the head of transportation, has been on maternity leave. So uh, Buttigieg and his husband could raise their new twins, their new twin babies. And he had apparently taken a couple of months off. During a crisis like we have in this country, and this guy is taking time off? I mean, what is it about that? I mean, (laughs) come on, folks, let's get real. Let me share a quick question or a quick comment with you, and then we'll get back to more of your phone calls on uh, what Britton talked about. He talked about you know, uh, supply chain issues, about labor issues that we have in this country right now. I went to grab a sandwich today. I'm not going to tell you where it was. And there was a fairly long line of cars, which is typical about the time I went. I think I took off about 12.15. I waited in line. Hardly any vehicle moved. And all of a sudden, I started seeing cars pull away. There were two. There were three. There were four cars that didn't want to wait in line anymore, even to order their food. And I finally said... I'm not waiting here any longer as well. And I wonder if there are staffing shortages at that company. And they lost, by my count, six customers, including me, because they couldn't get it fast enough. 
And I wonder again if that goes to bat labor shortage. And I feel sorry for those businesses who can't get people to work. I feel sorry for customers who get frustrated because they can't get any food that they want. Pretty amazing. All right, more of your calls coming up. It is Thank Rod it's Friday, 888-570-8010. Full and inspired life. Listen to the Good Risings podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank Rod is It's Friday. Friday, Friday. The Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listening to you, though. Phone lines are open to you tonight, 888-570-8010, 570-8010, or on your cell phone. You can dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Uh, if you don't know what Thank Rod, Thank Rod It's Friday is, we're getting new listeners all the time. The popularity of this show continues to grow. Uh, what we do is we just if we use this hour to talk to you. We open up the phones and we want to fee- see what's on your mind tonight. You may want to comment on something that we've talked about today or earlier this week. You didn't have a chance to call in. Or there may be something we aren't aware of and you want to share with the audience what's going on in your community or impacting your life. That's what Thank Rod It's Friday is all about. 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, let's go to Tim in Murray tonight on Thank Rod It's Friday. Hi, Tim. Hey, Rod, how are you? Thank God it is Friday. <laughs> yeah, it is. Amen to that. Huh? What's on your mind tonight, Tim? Quick, Just a quick uh, couple points. One is uh, we're, none of us like the mandates and, you know, being told what we can do and what we can't do. So one of the things that we do have afforded to us is the religious waiver. And what kind of shocks me is how in the news this week they talked about how the LDS Church as well as the Catholic Diocese would not give you that right, that they would not agree to a religious waiver. What difference is that than what, just listening to the government? It seems like a double standard. Yeah, what are it, your thoughts? Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? When I saw that, I go, wow, that's kind of odd. They aren't allowing members of their faith uh, to uh, get these religious exemptions. I, you know, I know the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is fully behind the, the, the mandates, but they haven't come out and directly told each member to do it. It's really your choice that they're leaving up. But the fact that you can't get a religious exemption from the LDS Church or from the Catholic Church, I, I tell you what, it's a bit surprising to me as well. Well, they did say in uh, KSL uh, that the, the president of the Mormon Church did encourage everyone to do as he did and get the the, uh, the jab. So it just makes me kind of wonder uh you know, they're not mandating it, but they are very much behind it. Oh, they're very much behind it. And, uh, the, you know, the leader of the church, uh, Russell M. Nelson, is a, a doctor, a well-known heart doctor, health official. He understands, you know, the vaccines, but he said he encouraged people. He didn't say, get it. And there's a difference. He's leaving it up to individuals to decide, but there is a big push on to get it. I would agree with you on that. All right, Tim, thank you. Let's go uh, back to the phones. Let's go to John in Salt Lake City. John, how are you? Welcome to Thank Rod, It's Friday. Rod, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Thank you, Rod. It's Friday. <laughs> hey, um, just real quick, uh, I work for Union Pacific, and huge corporation, um, but just talking about your critical race theory, they've been uh, teaching us about, it's called the how matters. And so they're kind of putting a, uh, a little name, a different name on the, the whole critical race theory, 
And if we don't take that class, we're terminated. As well as the vaccines, uh, basically, they dictate how and if. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are able to get your, uh, uh, basically, the, the waiver for it. Uh, if you, you know, if there's some medical questions on there that say, you know, if, if you guys are against this, then basically they'll just they'll just terminate you. Really? You know, they don't. They're not even going to play with you. Correct. Yeah. John, and then can, even yeah. even if you, the religious part too, they they don't care if you're medically uh, exempt from it, they'll terminate you. What and is, so we're we're John, tired of it. Yeah. What is the How Matters program? Is it like critical race theory? That all you guys who work for, for who work for the Union Pacific and are white, you're a bunch of racists for crying out loud. Is that what they're trying to tell you? Absolutely. Wow. It's, it's all about re, renouncing your whiteness, and and if you don't, you're you, you know you're you're racist, and that's horrible. You know, it's I I, I don't know. We're we're tired of it. We want to go on a strike. Uh, we we we're tired of the vaccine mandates and everything else. So. Uh, just all the way across the board, you how, know. But it's listening to me now. We're we're ready to go on a strike. How long? How long is this? Uh, yeah. How long has the How Matters program been in effect? Has it been going on for a while, John, or is it fairly new? Uh, ever since uh, the BLM has has really come hot and heavy. Um, I would say this this past this past year. Wow. And and it's it's pushed really really hard. Um, like I said, if, if you don't take that class, you're terminated. Wow. Jeez. Hang in there, John. Hang in there. Um, you know, I mentioned Walmart, you've got union Pacific. Are there other companies here in Utah that you're having to take some type of program or training to beat you up about your whiteness and to tell you, you guys are man, woman, it doesn't matter that, uh, you have got to change your ways because this country was found by a bunch of white Europeans who want to have their own country and beat everybody down. That's what, what this country was about, in my opinion. Uh, it's about freedom. It's about your own ability to succeed. And, you know, I, I shared with you Christopher Rufo's story today in the City Journal as to what's going on with Wall Street, our, our Walmart. And we just had John, Union Pacific, apparently requiring their workers to take a How Matters program about all of this. You know, this is not what this country is all about. 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, we'll get to more of your calls and comments coming up here in just a minute. Let me tell you right now about the wonderful people at Trajan Wealth. Now, there was a big announcement a few years ago, where tra- a few months ago, I should say, where Trajan Wealth announced that they now have a Trajan uh, Trajan estate. It's in-house attorneys who are ready to assist you with wills, trust, and estate planning alongside their fiduciaries, advisors, and financial planning. Now, my wife and I decided that we had a will, but we thought we should go a step further and, in fact, have set up a trust. And there's a real debate on if a trust is better for your family or a will. 
Trajan Wealth can help you. If you don't have a will or a trust in place, let me encourage you to reach out to Trajan Estate. You know, if we've learned anything about the past year, it's that life is very unpredictable. It's time to get your house in order. It's time to get a trust for you and your family. So if you have assets over $100,000, you need a trust to be protected from probate and your beneficiaries from themselves. Find out more by reaching out to Trajan Wealth today. Just go on, you can go online, set up an appointment at TrajanWealth.com or give them a call at Trajan Wealth in their office here in Draper, 801 899 7600. 801 899 7600. app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. All right, welcome back to the Rod Kent Show. Um, the Washington Examiner, it is one of the uh, websites that I check almost every day just to see what's going on in the nation's capital from a conservative perspective. They're launching a brand new website. It's called Restoring America. And we'll be talking with the editor-in-chief of the uh, Washington Examiner coming up at 6.05. Don't forget our Listen Back Friday segments also coming your way at the uh, bottom of the next hour. Um, let's go back to the phones. It is Thank Rod, It's Friday. Chance for you to talk about whatever is on your mind on this Friday afternoon. Beautiful evening on the outside. Going to be nice for college football tomorrow. Why on earth are the youths playing at 8 o'clock? Can someone explain that one to me? I know it's TV, but 8 o'clock to go to a football game that doesn't end about till about, what, 11.30, midnight? Tough on old codgers like me. Back to the phones we go. Let's go to Charles and Alpine tonight. Charles, how are you? Welcome to Thank Rod. It's Friday. Hello, Rod. It is a splendid day here in Utah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I I believe, yeah, I believe if I had to take a CRT class, anything involving that, um, and I call it uh, criminal racism training rather than uh, CRT <laughs> the way they do it. Good name. But anyway, um, uh, no. Yeah, well, it's, it's seriously, it's, it's absolutely out of control. We, we're in a world gone mad with this racism, with this uh, accusing everybody, everybody of dividing people into groups and doing all that stuff. But my point was, if I ever had to take a training, which I haven't done yet, but if my company made me take a training in that, I would record it, and then I would bring it out and make it public and say, Do, is this okay with you? What I haven't heard a lot of 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 these trainings is people exposing exactly what the materials are and what they're saying. And, and a friend of mine went through one, uh, a CRT training and then what they call quote unquote, anti-diversity or, or diversity training. Uh, and, and the bottom line was he came out and said, it was totally ridiculous. They're, they're telling, they're telling you to change what is normal behavior into abnormal behavior. Mm. And if you aren't, aren't racist again, one, against one group, you have to become racist against that group. So it, it, the whole thing is, to me, so ridiculous. It needs to be exposed. It needs to be talked about. I believe in uh, 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 um, cameras and audio in the classrooms, so any parent at any time can go online and see exactly what the teachers are talking to their kids about. If teachers aren't teaching anything, you know, uh, wrong, then they should be, have no concerns about it. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I believe in exposing the recording and the materials of all the stuff that's doing for open review so that people aren't referring it to you know, some nebulous thing as 
CRT. Rather, it is a it is something that's specific that people can say, wait a minute, I, I don't believe in that. Or I, you know, you can just dissect it to, to your own morals. Boy, that's a, that's a great suggestion, Charles, because I'm with you. I'm not quite sure what they say or what they teach. You know, it's what we hear and what we read, and we understand that. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to actually read and hear how they present the material for us to decide whether or not we want our children or as employees if we want to go along with that? And I think you make a very good point, Charles. Thank you. Exactly. That's a great suggestion. Thank you very much. Back to the phones we go. Let's go to LJ in Provo tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. And thank Rod, it's Friday. Hi, LJ. How are you? I'm doing good, Rod. Thanks uh, for uh, taking my call. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I had a question, uh, and I want to know why exactly um, you want uh, the alcohol laws to be privatized. Or, yeah. No, I believe, LJ, in the free market system. Uh, I don't like government controlling anything, even though they they control enough in our lives. But the question of controlling alcohol sales, and I know it's done in other states, but I believe let the free market decide what the community or what the state can take. I'm a free marketer. I like people to, you know, even this discussion, LJ, and you've heard discussions, of course, about what to do with big tech and controlling content on that. In my opinion, the Internet is the wild, wild west. And, you know, are there certain things, certain algorithms that they use to control a conservative point of view or a liberal point of view? I don't know how we address that, but I'm, not, I'm just not a big fan of government regulation. Even government regulation that they claim, well, will protect the health of the community. Uh, let the free market decide what it's going to do here. I mean, if somebody wants to privately own a liquor store and they can't make any money, guess what? That liquor store is not going to be around very long. And that's why I think the privatization of this industry, I, 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 I would like to hear why you should do it. Do you have an Why should liquor sales be controlled by the state? Uh, number one, the revenue goes to the state. Okay. Um, but could, couldn't, the state get a, some, couldn't the state get some revenue by charging them taxes? Now, it wouldn't be as much. But wouldn't that be enough to satisfy them? And couldn't that money be used if they're concerned about alcoholism to discourage drinking in the state? Uh, that's been tried in other states, but I think uh, having the uniqueness of a liquor store uh, owned by the state in Utah and other states like uh, South Carolina, um, I think they have ABC stores or whatever. Either way, um, what I'm getting at is that, that liquor stores in um, uh, in Utah, create a perception that that this uh, oh, dang it. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, it it rejects and it makes uh, elitist uh, tech moguls not want to come here, which I'm all for. All right, all right, all right, LJ. Thank you very much. Appreciate your coming. You want weird liquor laws? Go to Texas uh, now. <laughs> This is the Bible Belt down in, in the part of Texas where I spent some time. And you have wet counties and dry counties. <laughs> if you've ever been in a state like that. So you would be in one county that is a dry county, okay? You would hit the county line of the wet county, which could be right next door to it. And there is just a line a country mile long of liquor stores and bars and bars. I mean, you know, so yes, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the big tech industry here in the state makes fun of our liquor laws. Yes, and I make fun of them as well. But let me tell you what, there are some other wacky states out there that have strange liquor laws. So don't say, well, if you fix that up, we'd be get more people here. 
Go to another state and find out their liquor laws as well. They're as nutty as a fruitcake as well. So, kind of interesting. All right. Uh, that wraps it up for our Thank Rod. It's Friday today. Another hour coming your way. We're going to be talking about a brand new website called Restoring America. Environment Solutions Radio. This Saturday at 10 and 1 on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. We're live, we're local, and of course everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back, everybody. Final hour of the Rod Arquette Show on this Thank Rod is Friday. Final hour for this week. As a matter of fact, it's been great being with you each and every day, but we still have one more hour to go before we get you ready for the weekend here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you will know. A reminder, don't forget, starting on Monday, we're going to help your holiday budget. It's the $1,000 Holiday Cash Giveaway. It all starts Monday, and we invite you to be listening at five minutes past the hour throughout the day for the winning keyword. Now, when you hear that keyword, immediately text it to 200-200. That's 200-200 for your chance to win $1,000 in cash from Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know who couldn't use a little extra cash during the holiday season, right? You know, there has been a real call of late. Well, it's been going on for several years now. For a conservative news medium and conservative websites, conservative channels, conservative talk shows, and there are plenty of those out there now, but to bring the conservative message to the American people. Of course, Fox News, many people thought it was conservative, think it still is today, some debate that. But there are other great websites out there. The Washington Examiner, that is a uh, website that I check almost every day for uh, information or for story ideas for the Rod Arquette Show, has now come up with a brand new website. It's called Restoring America. And this new website, as it says, is trying to unify Americans by promoting patriotic values. Joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk more about that right now is Hugo Gordon. Hugo is the editor-in-chief of the Washington Examiner. Hugo, thanks for joining us. Why put this together? Why did you think this was so important to put together, Hugo? We decided that we uh, wanted to launch a website. As you say, it's called Restoring America because we're very troubled and we know that a lot of people are troubled all across the country with where the country is going and where it has already arrived at. Now, Obviously, conservatives all over the country in conservative journalism are always trying to defend the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, etc. But we wanted to give, as it were, extra focus uh, to to that effort and just to display the fact that this is what we are trying to do and it has become necessary. And we wanted people all over the country who are very worried about where America is going uh, to realize that they're not alone. What we want to do with this is to encourage people to realize because they're not alone and because this is a democracy, the people are in charge and they don't have to accept this, frankly, uh, appalling uh, cultural and political revolution that is taking place in this country where all of the founding values are being undermined by a radical left-wing agenda, which none of the, which the majority of the people across this country do not accept. And so what we've done is launched this uh, website uh, in which the sort of sections of it are named for the sort of founding ideals that made Americans proud to be American uh, and the things that made America uh, the envy of the world uh, for more than 200 years. So that's what we're trying to do. We want to foster a kind of national courage amongst ordinary Americans to say, 
we are in charge, not these radicals, and it's time to stand up and be heard. Hugo, what is your sense as to how worried people are right now? Are they really worried? Do you get that sense? Yes, I do get that sense. I think that, you know, one of the things that we hear is that it's not just conservatives who express these views. I mean, everywhere I go, uh, I'm hearing from people who love America that they're worried about the trajectory. But it's not just conservatives. It's independents. You've probably seen polls that show mm-hmm. independents pulling away from the Biden administration. But we hear even from people who work in Congress, you know, in Democratic offices, that they are amazed and uh, aghast at the extremes to which the left will go. And But, you know, ordinary people, too. I mean, there's, there's a big story around right at the moment where the parents of Loudoun County in Virginia, you know, are in rebellion against the things that are being taught to their children. Children are being propagandized on the transgender uh, 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 agenda. They're being trans. They're being propagandized on race. You know, people, children are being taught all over the country that America is a fundamentally bad country. It's irredeemable. It's a. It has a history of nothing but oppression. And you know, the people who are pushing this are fundamentally anti-American, and they are doing a very good job at destroying the self-confidence of this country and the prospects for a successful future. Hugo, has the uh, election and the uh, the new presidency, the Biden administration, added accelerant to this movement? Has this been going on for quite some time? It's been going on for a very long time, but the Biden election has very much accelerated it. What's ironic about this and what's perhaps most dangerous about it is that Joe Biden ran as a centrist, or he claimed to be a centrist, and the sort of centrist alternative to the socialist Bernie Sanders. But as soon as he won the nomination, he basically allowed Bernie Sanders to write, you know, the, the, for example, the $5.5 trillion legislation mm-hmm. that is currently blocked up in Congress. So what you have is this kind of befuddled, old, centrist guy who's been around for ever <laughs> in Joe Biden. And, and people think, you know, people think, oh, that's just Joe Biden. We know Joe Biden. The trouble is that he's completely capitulated to his left. Uh, you know, he isn't. He, he, as soon as he got the nomination, you know, he switched to the left, and he was elected by a country that thought they were just basically going. They wanted they were getting rid of Donald Trump, and that was what they wanted to do. They thought they were getting a centrist and a return to normal, but in in fact, what they've got is a is a president who has done absolutely nothing to stand up to those on his left who want to smash all the norms of this country. Hugo, what about um, what do you hope that the website gives the American people? Is it are there counter arguments to what the left is saying? What do you hope to give the American people with this website? Well, what we want to provide is news analysis and commentary. So we will be reporting news stories which demonstrate some of the things that are going wrong, such as, for example, the the, the parents' rebellion in Loudoun County, Virginia. Um, and, you know, that, so we're reporting news stories about things that are going on, not just by those who are resisting the cultural revolution that we're involved in, but also, you know, we're reporting the things that are being done by the cultural revolutionaries, the extremes to which they are going. So that's the news side of it. But we're also providing uh, commentary um, uh, and, and analysis. We're, we're analyzing what people are doing and what the implications of what they are doing is. So... So what, you know, what we want to do is 
make sure that people are well informed about what's happening, and then also provide them with a principled analysis and judgment of the uh, of the problems with the, of the problems of the things that are happening, and also, of course, you know the, the merits of those who are pushing back. So. It's it's news and commentary, which is a fairly traditional thing that a news organization should do, but with the special focus on um, trying to return the United States to the robust good health that made it the envy of the world. And will it feature, Hugo, some of the great uh, analysts and commentators and uh, 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 writers that you already have there on the Washington Examiner, will they be featured on this website as well? Yes, all of our staff um, will be uh, writing for this section, um, and uh, some of our, you know, absolutely our best writers uh, and commentators, but also outside writers. And we launched, just for example, we had um, Mike Pompeo, who's obviously former Secretary mm-hmm. of State mm-hmm. in the Trump administration, Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, we had uh, rep- representatives Dan Crenshaw of Texas and Elise Stefanik of New York, we have, uh, you know, Ben Carson, who is the former HUD secretary with Donald Trump, and uh, the great Rob, uh, Robert Woodson, who's the, been, you know, in the mm-hmm. civil rights movement for 50 years and uh, the founder of the Woodson Center. So, you know, we have a lot of extremely fine thinkers and writers, very high-profile people, because we want to make sure that everybody realizes that that, that an enormous number of people are with them if they stand up and refuse to be bullied by the left. He is the editor-in-chief at Washington Examiner, the news site, Hugo Gordon, talking about their brand-new website called Restoring America. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show in Utah's 2-1 Home, or visit online at reversefreedom.com, NMLS ID 1382816. It is the American dream to own your own home, but for many people here in the state of Utah and in some parts of the country as well, it is getting more and more difficult to own a home. As a matter of fact, Utah's overheating housing market, it isn't a bubble, but it could be getting worse in the next few years. There is a brand new report out called the State of the State's Housing Market. It was put together by the uh, University of Utah and the Gardner Policy Institute. Jim Wood is a senior fellow there up at the uh, Institute, and he's joining us on our Newsmaker Line right now to talk about it. Jim, the need to put a report together like this, why did you see a need, and what do you hope to accomplish with it, Jim? Well, I think there's been a need for a number of years, really, to bring together uh, construction information as well as uh, real estate uh, market conditions. And uh, that's what this report does. But it also, uh, what we want to do is look at in uh, more detail, not just describe trends and uh, events, but we want to uh, provide a little bit more analysis on the most pertinent issues over that past year and then provide uh, a forecast for the coming year. Jim, as you look at the report, is it fair to see what you've found? Is it fair to say that Utah's in a housing crisis right now, or is that going a little too far? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, um, it's, we're certainly, in a, and have been for a number of years, in a housing crisis uh, regarding affordable housing. That is housing for uh, uh, those with incomes at 50% or less of the area median income. Mm-hmm. And that's about uh, uh, 25% of the population, um, our number of households. So for many of those households, they fi- uh, find... Uh, housing very difficult and they suffer from uh really housing many of them from housing insecurity and uh um so that for that uh, segment uh uh 25% of the population uh we have been in housing crisis for uh, a number of years now those uh, above the median income uh, and the median income in Utah now is is closing on and on eighty thousand dollars. So those above uh, that um, median income, uh, they might uh, not be able to get quite the, the rental unit or the house they would like. Uh, they might have to price down a bit, and but they are not excluded from the housing market. Whereas uh, there's a fair number of Households now that have doubled up because they cannot afford to get into even even the rental market. Jim, what is driving the prices to go higher? I was talking with a realtor friend of mine. He said, you know, in many ways, Rod, it's the buyers that drive the price. If they're willing to pay it, people are going to ask for it and most likely give it. I get it. In, what, in your opinion, Jim, what is driving the price increases? Well, there's a number of factors that are driving uh, prices, and you, you have to look at the housing market is, is uh, has three uh, markets really it has a rental market the new home market and the existing home market uh and uh what's driving for example in the new home market um you've got land costs labor costs uh material costs uh supply chain uh, chain issues that are all uh, uh driving up the cost of new construction new a new home in uh, Salt Lake County this uh, past year has gone up about uh, 16, 16%, um, and we're now over $500,000 for the median price of a new home. Um, and, again, just as I mentioned, those uh, those are conditions uh, on uh, land, labor, materials mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we don't have mm-hmm. much control over, mm-hmm. uh, determined by the market, okay? And then... Uh, your friend is correct. Uh, the demand on that side, uh, people wanting new homes, is very strong. You can talk to any builder, uh, and they don't have much in the way of inventory. And likewise, on the existing home market, the demand, uh, and where's that demand coming from? It's coming from our rapid growth. Uh, Utah uh, leads the country in the rate of growth of both um, population and employment from 2010 to 2020. And when you lead the country in uh, the growth rate, um, it, it's inevitable that you're going to put pressure on uh, infrastructure, including housing. So that's what we see are, you know, that's uh, one of the, the, the aspects of uh, high rates of growth. Uh, you're going to drive up, uh, drive up prices. And on the rental market is really a reflection of what's uh, 
part of it anyway, a reflection of what's going on in the ownership market where prices are so high, people can't get into the rental market or the home ownership, so they they move to the uh, rental market, and that's put uh, a lot of pressure and demand uh, on the rental market. Jim, I know the uh, pandemic has uh, wreaked havoc on the uh, on the supply chain issue right now. How else has it affected the housing and housing market from uh, on the on the issue of the pandemic? What other impacts has it had on the on the housing crisis? Well, on the supply chain, it did. It really and it still is uh, disrupting um, the supply chain and, and driving up costs. On the uh, 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 in terms of uh, the response of governments, and this is worldwide, but uh, the U.S. kind of led on this, with uh, a uh, really um, short of wartime, something we've never seen uh, in terms of the magnitude of assistance that is provided by, in our case, by the federal government, uh, and then also <clears throat> the intervention of the Federal Reserve in a very big way into the market, um, and uh, really uh, a, a phrase what the uh, economists call monetizing the debt, where uh, the U.S. has taken out a lot of debt, and the buyer of much of that debt was the Federal Reserve. And that's uh, something that we haven't had before, um, it's certainly not in the, at the level we've had in the last year. Um, the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve went from, in just a matter of 12 weeks, went from $3 trillion to $7 trillion, excuse me, $4 trillion uh, to $7 trillion uh, in 12 weeks. Um, that money was pumped into the system to provide liquidity, uh, not only to our market, but to the global market. Um, and that, in turn, drove down interest rates, uh, interest rates, uh, falling, uh, brought, um, willing buyers, uh, which was surprising. Uh, I think most of us thought that once the, uh, uh, COVID and the pandemic hit, that the housing market would struggle. That's what we thought in April of 2020. Uh, the exact opposite ha- happened, and part of that was because of mm-hmm. government's response to the COVID crisis. Jim Wood, he's a senior fellow at the Gardner Policy Institute up at the University of Utah, talking about this new state-of-the-state housing market report. All right, our Listen Back Friday segment's coming up next right here on the Rod Arquette Show. Let me take a minute, though, to tell you about a trip to southern Utah and enjoy Ruby's Inn right at the gates of Bryce Canyon National Park. You know, during the fall and winter months, there's so much to do there. As it gets colder, you can enjoy ice skating. You can cross-country ski, you can snowshoe, and more. You rent equipment for these activities and others right there at Ruby's Winter Adventure Center. They have three beautiful hotel options for you to consider if you're looking for a fall or winter getaway. They have the Bryce Canyon Grand, Ruby's Inn, and Bryce View Lodge. Rooms, they're affordable, and they even include breakfast. If you want to warm up with some delicious food after a day in the great outdoors, Why not try Cowboy's Buffet Steak Room or the Kenyan Diner? Start planning your winter getaway right now at Ruby's Inn at rubiesinn.com. That's rubiesinn.com. Think about it. It's not that far away, and you'll get to see the beauty. Today, 801-443-7400. You can Google Any Hour Services. You can even schedule online at anyhourservices.com. 
the interstate, a dirt road to any place. Long as I'm long gone, chasing down some blue skies in my old truck. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back. Final half hour of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this Thank Rod is Friday. And what we do every Friday at this time is what we call our Listen Back Friday segments. What we do is we look over the past week of interviews, topics we've discussed, newsmakers who we've had a chance to interview, and select two of the best to give you on this Friday evening. We call it our Listen Back Friday segments. Now, America has a socialism problem. I think more and more people are coming to recognize that. And it's one that is only growing each and every year, each and every school year. Is America losing her youth to socialism? Well, we spoke earlier this week with Cheryl Chumley. Cheryl is the online opinion editor at the Washington Times about her article on this. And as I began my conversation with Cheryl, I asked her, have we lost our schools already when it comes to socialism? I think we have been for a very long time. The left has infiltrated the public school system. And if you go to the Democrat Socialists of America website, you can see that they have been actively recruiting individuals with socialist uh, mindsets to teach in the public school system. So whether it's the majority of teachers and administrators or just a minority, it doesn't matter. The influence is there. How did they do it, Cheryl? Did they just... You know, make sure teachers got hired into schools. How 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 did they go about in doing this? Do you think? Well, for the most part, socialists don't go around wearing T-shirts that scream <laughs> "I'm a socialist," right? That's uh, true. I mean, <laughs> it, it, these are people who are friendly too, and as teachers, they're used to dealing with the public, and they probably have a love for children, so that shines through. And so that, combined with the backing of the teachers' union for socialist-type policies and influences, has really opened the doors for them to be hired. Cheryl, is it fair to say some of the fault lies with parents who may not have been paying attention here? You know, obviously, ultimately, the burden for a child's education uh, or the responsibility lies with the parent, right, or the caretaker. So if you're a parent and your child has been indoctrinated by the far left in the school system, first and foremost, you know, acknowledge that you in some small part allowed that to happen. Maybe you weren't paying attention. Maybe you had other issues that kept you from paying attention, but you have to acknowledge that. And second off, though, realize that you're the parent. You have the ultimate say over what your child learns. So whether you petition the school board to do this, don't do that, or you take it on yourself to teach your child truths at home, you still have opportunity to instill them in pro-America ideals. Well, and not if you listen to uh, Terry McAuliffe there in Virginia, <laughs> Cheryl. Apparently parents have no right to say anything about what their children are being taught. Yeah, Terry McAuliffe, <laughs> and, and I, I live in Virginia, um, and my, my fourth child we yanked from the public school systems because of Barack Obama, which is kind of uh, the same, one and the same, as Terry McAuliffe. So she's safely tucked away in a private Christian school. But they're going after the private Christian schools here in Virginia as well. So it, it's going to be a battle, however you slice it. Cheryl, what about, uh, what do the numbers show as to, you know, how young people in this country view capitalism versus socialists? Is, is socialism growing? 
Yeah, I mean, there's different numbers out there, but the latest ones that I found um, came from the World Socialist website. And they found that in the last year, the number of millennials whom they list as between the ages of 24 and 39 rose by about 8%. Fully 60% of millennials now support socialism over capitalism. That's 8% higher than the previous year. And of Gen Zers, uh, 57% support socialism over capitalism, which is, get this, a hike of 14 percentage points over the last year. So it's definitely on the upswing. Do you, do you foresee that uh, socialism in America and the problem with it is only going to get worse, and if so, why? Yes, I do, because uh, actually I, I, I pinpointed socialism in America happening a very long time ago, and there's some other people out there who have been warning the same. Socialism is here. It's in America's political and economic and educational systems. For a very long time it's been here, but we just weren't calling it socialism. Socialism was still a dirty word, so that Democrats were afraid of being branded socialists. Now you have open socialists serving in the Democrat Party, and you have the leadership of the Democrat Party, like Tom Perez of the DNC, saying that people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will be the future of the Democrat Party. So the influence is going to continue, and with the pandemic pressuring businesses um, and, and causing a lot of people to stay out of work, whether by choice or opportunity, to take the taxpayer money, the stimulus dollars and so forth, it's only going to get worse. The reliance on government to provide for day-to-day things is only going to get worse. Cheryl, do you have the same concerns I have? Because we're talking about you know kids in school, maybe even in college, maybe just out of school now. Uh, these are America's emerging leaders. Someday they're going to be running things. And with those socialistic views, that scares the daylights out of me. And it should. (laughs) And then add in the open borders and the people just pouring across the borders with expectations that this country owes them something because they came from countries where their government taught them that government owes them something. So that's just a recipe for disaster. All right. Now, we've got uh, school board elections coming up over the next several years. I've told people for a long time, get engaged run for school board, go to your school board meetings. Is that the best way to counter this? It is, and not just school board. City council, board of supervisors, your zoning boards, these little community um, agencies and committees that maybe as, as somebody who works hard every day you haven't heard about, but that wield great influence in your local communities. And because I spent years covering local governments, I know how influential these local agencies and committees can be. So we need conservative vote, uh, voices on them. We need Christian voices on them. And it's been my sort of argument the last year or so that we don't need just Christians and conservatives running for these seats, but we need them running for these seats declaring openly that they are the candidate that opposes LGBTQ agendas. They are the candidate that opposes boys dressing like girls and going in restrooms in the girls in the into girls' bathrooms. I think if we have open people like that, that really takes the fight to those who want to corrupt the minds of our youth. Cheryl Chumley, she's from the Washington Times talking about Socialism in America's schools. Our six eight hundred five six six seventy nine oh six, or take the free scan at reputationdefender.com. dot 
The Rod Arquette Show on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know on this Friday evening. Let's continue now with our Listen Back Friday segments. Just a couple of weeks ago, the National School Boards Association wrote a six-page letter to the president insisting that threats against America's public schools and its education leaders are growing. Well, what did the president do? Instead of checking out to see if there are any real threats, and what the threats are all about, he instructed Merrick Garland, who is the Attorney General, to involve the FBI and to investigate parents who stand up and speak out against issues in education, basically calling them domestic terrorists. We spoke earlier this week with Susan Shelley. She is a columnist at the Southern California News Group about this. And I asked Susan, why is Merrick Garland going after parents of school children? Well, it's just outrageous. The, the National School Boards Association sent a letter, six-page letter, claiming that the people who are showing up at school board meetings and complaining about the mask mandates and the curriculum and the critical race theory are equivalent to domestic terrorism <laughs> and hate crimes. And they sent this to the President of the United States, and the next day, practically, the Attorney General announces that he's directing the FBI to get involved in these investigations to coordinate with all the local uh, all the local police, all the local law enforcement agencies, federal, county, state, local, everybody they can find, to start essentially opening terrorism files on everybody who complains to a school board. And it's the most outrageous, intimidating, oppressive abuse of power that I can remember seeing in the United States. Well, Susan, look at this. I mean, you have Joe Biden who wants to use OSHA to go after employers who don't require vaccine mandates, and now you right. have Merrick Garland using the FBI to go after parents who are concerned about their kids' education. What's up with Joe Biden? Well, he wants to criminalize political opposition. He's acting like every tin-pot dictator in every third-world country in, in history. He, he wants to shut down and lock up his political opponents. So he's pressuring Twitter and Facebook to shut down conservatives and pull conservatives' accounts off of the Internet stop them from communicating. He's pressing for investigations. You know, a federal investigation is an extremely expensive thing to be faced with. If they start coming after you with subpoenas and they want your bank records and they're looking through your phone contacts and they're asking for this, you have to get a lawyer. If you have to get a lawyer, it's hundreds of dollars an hour to defend yourself against the federal government, which can do this forever at taxpayer expense. So this is an enormously intimidating thing. To criminalize political opposition this way is just a heinous abuse of power. Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, during a hearing last week in the Senate, I don't know if you heard this at all, uh, Susan, but he basically said what what is happening here is when it comes to the First Amendment and the right to free speech, what Merrick Garland is doing is trying to put the chill on this just to scare mm -hmm. people. He may not carry this all out, but he's simply trying to scare people by putting a chill, as he described it, on free speech. Do you think he's right in that regard? I think he's 100% right. That's absolutely the intent. How would you like to get the subpoena or the letter that you're under investigation by the United States government? That's very different than having a local police officer say, we heard you said something threatening, and we're investigating it. Well, that's, that's bad enough. If you're, if you're trying to stand up for your kids, and you're, and you're aggravated, and you're, you're going after a school board member at a public meeting during public comment, and you're investigated by local police, that's bad enough. But to have Homeland Security call you a domestic terrorist 
and start a file that could keep you from working, keep you from flying, keep you from traveling out of the state. It's absolutely outrageous. It absolutely chills free speech. No question about it. Susan, what, let's go back to the source of this. What's up with the National School Boards Association? What are they so afraid well, of? I think they are not accustomed to criticism. Yeah, amen. I think they are, they, are, <laughs> they are very accustomed to doing whatever activists want, and they've some people get themselves elected without telling the public what they really stand for, and then once they're in the position, they're voting for really radical ideas. And I think in the last year or so, parents have gotten a good look at the curriculum that their kids are learning because of at-home schooling during the COVID pandemic, and many people are quite upset about what they've seen. And they're going to the school boards, and they're saying, why are you doing this? We don't want you doing this. Get these people out of the classroom. Stop this curriculum. And the school boards are reacting as if, as if the ivory tower has been breached by, by the mob. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, they're just horrified that parents are speaking out. And they're horrified that pe- people are across the country organizing through, or- through different conservative groups and not conservative groups. Some of this is just across the political spectrum. It's just parents who are angry. And could, rightly so. Yeah. Could there be an insurrection going on against school boards around around the country? Why not, right, Susan? I think so. You know, <laughs> I've heard from an awful lot of people that they want to run for school board, and it's not something I used to hear. You know, there wasn't something that was on people's radar to run for school board, but you're, you're hearing it now. How concerning is it to you, Susan, that maybe there's a parent who's just concerned about something going on in the school? And they write a letter to a local school board and say, blah, 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 and here's my, here are my points, this is where I disagree with you, that that can't be taken as a threat when there may be nothing threatening in the email or the letter or the comment that they make, they're just expressing a concern. Could that be viewed exactly. as a threat? Well, it certainly could be investigated as a threat, and they wow. could spend two years looking at it and then decide that it isn't one, but that's going to be a long two years if you're at the receiving end of it. And what about, uh, you know, uh, people who are involved out there now who are watching what school boards do and, and, and informing the public, hey, this school board member or this group of school board members voted for this. Do you agree with this or not? I mean, could that also be considered a threat? It, it is being considered a threat. It's being considered conspiracy and organizing uh, across state lines, and that's being cited as the justification for federal intervention. Because normally this kind of thing would never rise to the level of federalism. This is not some sort of foreign terror plot. These are parents who are upset. This is our free country where people can organize and pass information around and show up and hold their elected, their elected officials accountable. That's, that's our system. That's the <laughs> democracy that we're defending here. <laughs> you know what's so frustrating about this, Susan? And you probably deal with this more than uh, we do here in Utah, living in Southern California and the border issue. Joe Biden is more concerned about parents speaking out against school boards than he is about illegal immigrants coming into this country with a wave apparently on our doorstep. That's very true. And he's also not very concerned that they're coming in without masks or vaccinations or COVID tests while they're grinding little kids to wear masks in, in first grade. <laughs> uh, parents are very upset about it, and rightly so.
As part of our Listen Back Friday presentation for you on this Friday evening, and thank God it's Friday, Susan Shelley, a columnist with the Southern California News Group. All right, that does it for this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.